Hello and welcome back to Down the Slope. Well, there's no hips this week, thankfully, so the weekend hasn't been ruined. But we've got four very happy people to be chatting to you this week about something a bit different from usual. But we're joined again by Ryan. Ryan, how are we doing? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How was how was the first weekend without hips? Was it a bit of a relief or are you missing them already? Uh, to be honest, it's good to get a little break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we'll be saying that in two weeks' time. Uh, but Greg, Definitely how are you getting <laughs> yeah, not bad at all, mate. How are you? I no, I'm I'm not too bad. I was I was telling Ryan just before we started, I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself. Got a bit, a bit of a cold and I, I come down hard with the man flu whenever I'm feeling ill. But guys, um, we've not got Liam and we've not got you, but we've got someone even better. Um you guys love him whenever he's on. We've got the wonderful Michael Morning. Michael, how are you doing? All right. Uh, thanks for having me back. Uh I noticed that it only takes two people to be out for me to return, so I'm glad. <laughs> That could uh, step up when required. Yeah, and, and one thing that upset me that I'm sure all your followers are feeling as well, you're, you're off Twitter for a bit. When can we expect the, the, the grand return? I don't know. Um, taking a, a temporary LOA, leave of absence for anybody that doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> um, no real reason, to be honest, just fancy that we, we break, but I will be back at some point, much to the annoyance of most of my followers, <laughs> I should imagine. Yeah, I think the thing is with social media, what you don't really realise how much you need a break from it until you take a break from it and you just kind of breathe life again. Um, but yeah, we're, we're delighted to have you on. And for this episode, as I mentioned at the start, it's kind of different. Uh, we put a tweet out and we asked people for their controversial slash unpopular Hibs opinions. And essentially, because we've got no Hibs to talk about, we're going to talk about all those opinions. Um, I have had the mighty fine job of copy and pasting all of those tweets onto a Word doc and splitting them into different categories. So we're going to go through them one by one, just uh, for your benefit, if you want to skip to certain parts of the podcast. Um, the categories we've got are player topics, um, manager topics, uh, club culture, anything else about the club, and anything else in general that you guys said. Some some quite out there ones that were nothing to do with Hibs and one or two that weren't anything to do with football. Um, but we'll we'll go through them anyway. Um, so guys, let's get fired straight into things. So the first thing we're going to co- cover is player topics. And the first one that came up is a bit, bit controversial. Was a certain Mr. Starman, Martin Boyle. We got three tweets about him. The first was from Dave Graham who said, Martin Boyle isn't very good. This was followed by Ben Monroe saying, Martin Boyle is overrated. And then Parmaham said, Martin Boyle deserves a better team. Ryan, we'll come to you first. Where where do you stand on Martin Boyle? Is he slightly overrated? Is isn't is he not very good? What what are you thinking on those comments? No, I don't think he's overrated. I think he's got the ability to to change a game and flip on a switch. Um, you can see by the the games that he's missed how important he is to us. So, I wouldn't say he's overrated at all. He's probably our most important player. He's a key cog in the system, like definitely. And Michael, a year ago today, I think in my opinion, kind of summarises why Martin Boyle is kind of that star man and is the legend that he is today. Do you, do you think that calling him not very good is a bit ridiculous? Uh, I can understand why people have that opinion on him this time, but that's, I think, you know, just because he was trying to protect himself for the World Cup, obviously never worked for him, but that's probably why he seemed quite poor. Because it was the Aberdeen game, I think, which was... we. The game we won, and then 
he, I think it was internationals after that, if I'm correct in thinking. So I, what I think's happened was he's went away on international break and they've basically told him, uh, we want you for the World Cup, just don't get injured, basically. So then some would say stop trying for two months. But do you, I don't know if you do that, I don't know if you would say that, but do you stop going for after work drink, drinks because you've got a Christmas night coming up? Come on. So, I think that I can understand folks saying that, but I think after uh, the World Cup, we'll see Martin Boyle of old again, I think. I hope so. Greg, you went on quite an impassioned rant last week about Martin mm-hmm. Boyle. Um, <laughs> is, is there any hints of guilt now that it's come out that he's not playing at the World Cup, or do you kind of stick mm-hmm. by what you're saying? Nah, do you know what? Live by the sword, you die by the sword. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going not gonna to take, take it back. Um, Look, it's unfortunate he's missed the he's missed the World Cup, but yeah, I, I had my thoughts on it. I shared them, and I'm not going to take them back. Fair enough. Um, so in summary, we can kind of understand that to an extent why you would say he's not very good, but we think that he's he's pretty good, especially for Hibs level. Um, so another man that is quite controversial this season has kind of divided the Hibs support is a certain Mr. Ryan Porteous. Uh, we've got two tweets in about him. The first saying, Ryan Porteous is Hibs level, no more, from Leon. And then we had, take the highest offer for Porteous in January and run from Owen Murick. Opinions on that, uh, Michael? Well, we've, you we've can't take you on. the highest oh. offer in, in January, sorry, just to, just to jump in yeah, there. It's available on a, on a pre-contract. So, But if um, there's a lot of competition for him, could there not potentially be a couple of bids come in? Probably not, no. Not the way he's been playing, no. Michael, we've not had your two cents on Ryan Porteous this season. Where do you stand on it? Are you craving a new contract for him, or do you think that Hibbs kind of is his level and would be too bad a loss if he was to go? I don't know because I think he's been poor, but I think it's because he's trying to force a move and he's going about it the wrong way. Um, I think that when he's on his game, he's when he's at his best, he's not going to be at us for very long because he's going to move on somewhere else but he's just he's just been really poor I think the last six seven games in particular anyway pretty much to be honest since he got his call up I think I think he's sort of uh, believed his own hype a wee bit and I think he needs to uh, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes either but from just basically watching him I think He's no be going. He'll not be going anywhere if he's playing like this. And Ryan, do you want to round us off on Porteous? Uh, I'd be inclined to agree with both points. To be honest, maybe given the level of inconsistency that he shows, Hibbs maybe is his level. Hence why he's still here. And like Greg says, people won't be banging down the door to sign him in January. But if a bid was to come in, given his form, I suppose you would. You wouldn't be upset to see him go. I think that's fair. Um, and just conscious that we've got quite a lot to get through today. So we're just going to kind of take the next few points. We're going to nominate them to one person. And then we can just move on unless someone urgently wants to jump in. Feel free to. Um, Greg, we'll come to you. Um, someone said, David Marshall isn't any better than Matt Macy. That was from Ian M1875. Your thoughts? Jesus. I think um, anyone watching <laughs> on YouTube, like Michael Monin's just summed up my, my feelings on, on that statement. Um I don't really know what to say to that. Usually I've got some 
something quick to say, but I, I just think he needs to get a grip of himself, to be honest. That's, that's, that's like. an absolutely ludicrous thing to say. Is um, it controversial opinions or wrong opinions? <laughs> That's, uh, that's, that's my thought. I mean, David, David Marshall could play centre mid for us. <laughs> for, for a start, for a start, the distribution is miles ahead then, and Matt Macy's have I produced and, and short stopping and talking, leading, commanding. So I mean, we could be here all night just discussing that alone. That's that's madness, to be honest. Yep, yeah, I I think that's one of those ones that no no offence Ian who sent it in. Um, it, we don't really need to respond on that too much. You you got that one incredibly wrong. I hope you're going for bites because we definitely you got a few nibbles out of us if you were. Um, next one up, um, Mike Hibbs said Jake Doyle Hayes isn't as good as he's made out to be. Ryan thoughts. Um, I, I think I spoke about this the other day. In isolation, I think Jake Doyle Hayes is actually an alright player, technically decent on the ball. Uh, he's got a good range of passing, good vision, um, but we've never really seen the best out of him when playing alongside certain people or playing in certain systems. So I, I don't know who's making him out to be a better player than what he is because I think we're all aware of his capabilities and his limitations. So I, I wouldn't say that he's been overrated by the fans or that we're building him up. I think like we're all very aware of the type of player he is. Yeah, I, I think that Mike uh, suffers from uh, being good friends with myself and I'm a massive Jake Doyle Hayes enthusiast. Um, so I'm going to boil it down to that. I, I think that I fairly rate Doyle Hayes as one of um, as a competent player. I, I think that if his contract was running out, I'd want to see it extended. And that's that's how I value him as a player. Yeah, yeah me, me too. I, I do like him. I do like him. But I, we're probably yet to see the best out of him. We've seen him have good spells, but not over a prolonged period of time. And moving on to another player who's kind of split the Just bag. on that, um, Michael McCurdy's a soup taker. Um, thank you, Greg, for <laughs> um, insinuating what Michael has for his dinner. Um, but moving on to another player that's split the bit opinions this season. Um, Chris Cadden has been awful this season, says 1875 Josh. Michael, coming to you on that one, where do you stand on Chris Cadden's season so far? He's the worst player I can think of that has a song. <laughs> You're lucky Liam's not here, man. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> just an, he's just an athlete. He's just a runner. Very little technical football ability, and it's been shown. Ooh, so I'm was... inclined to agree with the man who put that in. Wow! All right, is, is, have we got any fight backs for that, or are we holding that as an opinion? Ryan, Greg, jump in or forever hold your peace. Thank him. Take the floor, Greg. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's difficult because look, ultimately, Cadden um, has maybe struggled at right back, right wing back. He's maybe been slightly better, but I think he's got more to offer us. If I'm honest, I think that we've not really, he's not really hit the heights. You know, I think his deliveries in the box can can sometimes be poor, but I think that ultimately he's still got more to give us because what we've seen so far isn't isn't good enough. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I however, think that we, this... we need to caveat that where he is playing it right back and that's absolutely not his position. I think if you're talking this season, that's fair. But I do think that despite us being very poor last year, I think that Cadden had a pretty good season, especially in that final stretch where he was the only one that looked like he was putting any form of heart into it, which I know heart's not um, all the makings of a footballer, but it def- definitely helps. Um... <laughs> no, I, mean, I think he's got the tools and the attributes like, to, yeah. to be... To be what he needs to be in the hips team, like he's definitely got a, 
a set of attributes that uh, that are valuable to us. It's just uh, putting them into practice. Ultimately, yeah. he needs to improve on his performances this season. That's that's the bottom line here. Right, well, next week after we get Liam back on, he can berate us for allowing Michael to slander his favourite. Uh, but moving on, uh, Greg, we'll come to Liam, you on this Liam's one. Liam's got my number. On Kevin Nisbet, we are all relying on Kevin Nisbet returning from injury and banging the goals in, and it's not going to happen. He's gotten better in folks' minds while being out injured than he actually is. And that's from Free Putt Petey. What, what do you think of that? Is Kevin Nisbet actually all hype and is he going to come back and flop? No. I don't think he's all hype at all. <clears throat> I think he's proven that he can play at this level. Do a good job for us. Um, I think that's a bit of a silly comment, if I'm honest. Nobody's expecting him to come back and score all the goals. You know, Heavily reliant on Boyle, Kukarevic, so I don't, really, I don't really get that one. Um yeah, it's his job to score goals, isn't it? So ultimately, that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to put the ball in the back of the net. He's got Kukrevich and Boyle there who who are doing that. So yeah, join in. You hear him, Kev? I know you're listening. Join in with the goals. That's all we ask. And next up, uh, Michael, come to you on this one. Kyle McGinnis. We've had two um, actually quite negative comments about it. We had um, from Ben Hickey, Kyle McGinnis is massively overrated. And John A said, of the five or six player Lee Johnson talked about letting go, McGinnis should be top of the list. Is, is McGinnis slander accepted at this point or are we still holding hopes from? Is it sl- how, I, don't, I don't know if it's slander, but I think it's practical. He's he's too much of a. You can't have a guy that get you play once every two years and then he gets sent off. He's just there's got to be other players out there that we can focus on getting, surely. Because you can't. He's he's what use is he to us? When you, wait, he's all well and good saying oh he's brilliant when he plays and all that, but he's no player. He's he's never he's never available. So, I don't. I mean. I, I wouldn't say it's slander. I just think he's he's not the messiah that we seem to pin our hopes on him being. And he's no reliable either. Fair. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I say slander because I like uh, dramatic <coughs> words. Uh, but Greg, uh, on you go. But just to chime in on that, I mean, look, he, he came back from injury, everyone was excited, got himself sent off, and now he's injured again. So really, that's not, that's not where I cut it at this football club. He needs to be fitting and playing 30 odd games a season in my opinion but I think well, if he's not going to be able to do that then what's the point you're just paying him wages to sit in his ass every week hope he's enjoying his holiday though. put it this way put it this way Scott Allen got released or let go of when he was more of an asset to us than Kyle McGinnis has been and Scott Allen couldn't play any more than an hour so all right, let's not bring back the Scott Allen. That's what I think. He was pissed about half a season before we let him go. <laughs> yeah, but he's been better. He was better than Kyle McGinnis, who's not played. And then when he does play, he gets sent off. He's blown out his ass because he's not done for two years. Nah, but <laughs> listen, morning. To be fair, right, the data was suggesting otherwise. Ah, oh, fuck the data, mate. It's a real life <laughs> games. Are the played the on GPS grass, data was computer. suggesting that he was fine in that game. Everyone else could see, wasn't he? But the GPS yeah. data. Said he was fine. Well, 
sad stories from your managers relying on GPS data and those eyes. <laughs> GPS right, well... is not the only thing that's wrong with our football club, as we <laughs> found out. Right, well, that is... Um, to be honest, I, I... though, it's probably GPS for the first half because you don't get a signal that updates any time after that. So, <laughs> probably the first five minutes that we're relying on. Anyway, Sorry. Um, next up, uh, Ryan, we'll come to you for this one. I've got five tweets to read out, so please do bear with me. Um, it's right. Joe Newell. Um, first tweet is, Joe Newell is pish by Cami FTK. Um, for the past two, three seasons, Joe Newell has been our best player and still currently is our best player from Connor Handron. Joe Newell is our best player from Richard. Newell is Doug Meat from Dinlow. And Joe Newell, best player we currently have, criticism against him after every defeat is unfair and is mainly due to the fact he's English, consistent performer and deserves more praise. Um, hey. Ryan, that was from Lewis1875. Oh. Uh, Ryan, the, what the do, last, you, do you the stand? La- the last tweet's wild. You can't be flinging and things like that. Jesus. <laughs> no, Jaylee, yeah. let, let, let's, let's grow up here. He's not getting slagged because he's English. Nobody nah, cares. Nah, nah. That's xenophobic, man. Nah. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's varying uh, tweets there regarding Joe Neal. Yeah. Sometimes I think he does great things and sometimes I think he, he does absolutely ridiculous things. Gives away needless fills. Gives away possession a lot. And other times I think he carries the ball really well. He he gets us out of tight situations when we're playing out from the back. Uh, I, I don't really know where exactly I stand on him because he pisses me off one week and then he makes me happy the next. Yeah, yeah, he has played. He has played a lot of games. He seems to be available for a lot of games, which shows a, a level of consistency, and he keeps himself fit. He doesn't pick up little niggling injuries, like for instance Kyle McGinnis does. Um, but I, I can definitely understand uh, why people get frustrated with him. I wouldn't be going on saying he's dug meat and he's pushing that, but and I certainly wouldn't be slagging him because he's English. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, that's that's, that, that's that, that, some that is take. wild. To be fair, yeah. that that is really wild. We're all adults here, man. You know, Um, Jonio pisses me off when he plays well. (laughs) Because it's like, why can he not do that every week? And he pisses me off when he plays poorly because you know he's better than that. He's a very frustrating player. However, you know, I I do like him, to be fair. I must admit, I do do think he's a a good player. Um, Just to be a bit more consistency from him would be be perfect and yeah, I don't so mind his nationality. He can be really neat and tidy on the ball. Okay? He's, he's decent in tight areas of the pitch. Like. Yeah. yeah, and Michael, I feel that after uh, five tweets and seeing your reaction to the final tweet, uh, we need to let you have your say on Joe Newell. Um, is it, I don't really, well, apart from the, I think the last one was a bit... Extreme. But, uh, <laughs> uh, a wee bit sort of taking the... The, the title of the podcast a little bit too literally <laughs> uh, but I'd be inclined to agree with uh, both both the lads I think the thing that annoys me about him is that he doesn't shoot enough when he he, he can get the yeah. ball and you have the ball 20-25 yards out and he just just have a shot Joe do you know what I mean? just, just try just have a wee shot you never know what will happen you know what I mean and you might actually score uh, and then but as Greg says, it does annoy me when he plays because he plays well, and I I would say he he doesn't he's not one to shy away in big games to be fair to him. But when we're playing teams that he needs to try and boss the game from, I think he just I don't know he just he's he's frustrating just because I think just probably because he just doesn't shoot. 
If he had more shots, I'd be more uh, inclined to, to like him. Not that I dislike him, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I, I I don't want to be one of those guys, but I am agreeing with all he's there. I do think there's a good player there, but he does frustrate me at times. Um, but moving on, so that the first topic was kind of current squad, but the next one, I've got a batch of tweets to read out, and it's about two people in the squad that are a bit older, a bit about uh, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. So let me let me read them out, and then we can all give a quick say on our opinions on it, and then we can move on to the next. Um, so Hanlon and Stevenson need to go from Ali Gear. People who blame our downfall on Hanlon and Stevenson are talking pish. We need to get rid of Porto in January as his head's gone and he looks he wants away from Owen Frederick. Paul Hanlon should have been emptied years ago from Disco Stu. Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson have never been good enough and shouldn't still be playing from Chris Bell. Hanlon and Stevenson only there out of sentiment because of 2016 from Brad Arthur. Um, when Hanlon and Stevenson hang up their boots, football moment, we don't have enough players who understand what it means to play for Hibs. And that was from our very own Liam. Um, so yeah, essentially... Paul Hanlon, Lewis Stevenson, are they here on merit or are they just kind of riding that wave uh, of 2016 that Hibs fans can't seem to get over? Who's going first? You spoke first, so you crack on. (laughs) Right. Okay. So I have thoughts on this. Paul Hanlon, (laughs) okay, is one of these players that when he's not playing, you notice he's not there. Okay. And Paul Hanlon also, not which is not even his fault, we've never replaced him. All the centre-halves that we've had in the time when people have been saying, oh, we should get rid of them. Well, none of them have been good enough to play when he's not there. And Lewis Stevenson, Lewis Stevenson's not going to play every week, but Lewis Stevenson would tell you that himself. But I don't, I don't understand... I, I, I think defensively, Lewis Stevenson is as solid a fullback as we are likely to get. Um, whilst going forward, he's not obviously the best, but def- I think defensively, he's solid enough. And again, who we're going to, who have we had in that's been better than him? Apart yeah. from Josh Dog, obviously. Nick, <laughs> <clears throat> you seem to have opinions on it. Um, Morin's not wrong. To be fair, I, I'm not. Paul Hanlon's biggest fan but you need to bring someone in to, to replace him properly and not just have him floating about and that so it's one of them I feel like I feel like they're both on the conveyor belt to coaching at the club and I feel like they're just tying out for that because let's be honest they both will be coaches at the football club the club aren't just going to dump them now so we need to replace replace Hanlon or bring someone in better than Hanlon um, and Stevenson. He can play a few positions, so he can play stay on the bench. To be honest, however, I don't agree yeah. with what Liam said about there won't be enough players at the club that get it. I think that's wrong. Um, I'm going to pull him up on that one because English Joseph Newell gets it, in my <laughs> opinion. And I think I really do think he gets it. Um, Boyle gets it. I think Marshall gets it. I think the majority of them do get it. I think they understand what it means to play for a Benin football club. Maybe they don't always show that, but I think they do, they do absolutely understand it. And Ryan, do you want to lead us up, off yeah, from those two? First of all, um, I think it's a bit unfair whenever there's criticism, they come as a pair. They're two separate people. They always seem to come together. If Hanlon has, has a bad game, then it's always Hanlon and Stevenson need to get 
to get out. But um, Louis Stevenson's shown for for a, a long, long time that uh, he's got what it takes to play at a decent enough level, even in the twilight years of his career. I think he proved that last year, winning uh, one of the Player of the Year awards. Like Greg said, he's very versatile. He can play in a few different positions. He's fit, energetic. He's absolutely solid. I think Michael said that as well. See when he plays at fullback, he's solid. Um, decent on the ball. Won't offer you much going forward, but I think he is worth having around still as a squad player. And again, Michael hit the nail on the head when it comes to Paul Hanlon never being replaced. Um, left left footed centre half. Don't think we've signed one since Paul Hanlon came through, man. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's hard to get rid of people when you haven't got anybody to replace them with. So that's my my standpoint on it. It was the last one we signed, not Liam Fontaine. Uh, we had Liam Fontaine in the left-footed centre-half that we've had. We got Ryan McGivern on loan, who was half centre-back, half left-back. He was oh, great. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, all right, so the next the next one, we're just going to wrap through the rest of the players. So these are former players or legends. Um, Big Dell said Rob Jones should still be first-choice centre-half. Why not? He's tall. Um, Craig Healy said, my favourite... Uh, centre back partnership I've seen at Easter Road with Rob Jones and Chris Hogg. That was that was a pretty fun time. Um, obviously that very very enjoyable. Um, Sean Nichols said David Murphy is the Hibs goat. Hard to disagree with his touch was like an angel's. Um, someone said, oh, this is a good one. Um, Marciano wasn't as good as some would have you believe from Sozzi four seven zero three. Thoughts on that? Is Marciano as good as Hibs fans make out, or did he have some flaws that Hibs fans didn't really focus on whilst he was here? He definitely yeah. had flaws, certainly when it comes to distribution and coming for crosses. Um, his short stop was unbelievable. His one-on-ones, he was he was fantastic. But I think since he's left the club, his stock's probably risen a little bit, just because there's a kind of the myth surrounding how good he was. He was he was brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but he, he certainly had parts to his game that were definitely worse than Marshall. Michael, you looked surprised when I said that um, Rocky was overrated. Thoughts? Overrated by who? By Hibs fans. Since he's left. Has, yeah. he, has he been overhyped since he left the club? No. I think he was good. I think he was... He's an international goalie. Um, I, I think he was good. He's, as, as Ryan said, his, his, his kicking was terrible. Um, he was a wee bit shy to come off his line. But I don't... Th- I think he was... I think he was as good a goalie as we'd had for a long time before he came in. Mm. Um, which might, which might have made him seem to be better than what he, what he was, because obviously we were used to shite goalies. But no, nah, I don't think he was. I don't think he was overrated at all, or is overrated. I think he was good for us, and that's that's about it. Yeah, um, Greg, we'll come to you for this one. Um, Colin Gray said Gordon Ray was overrated. Any thoughts on that? Why, why are you coming to me for that, mate? Because I'm twenty-eight. I'm not forty-eight. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, your attitude is at a 58, so let's just move on from that question. Um, Pakajabi was a scapegoat from Ian Russell. Don't, don't, I, I thought it was pretty poor, to be honest. I, th- I think if he was a scapegoat, it's probably warranted. Any any disagreements there? No comment. <laughs> um, the next one was my rant about Effie Ambrose um, my point was essentially I think that bomb scare was entirely inaccurate I thought he was very consistent for Hibs I thought he carried the ball really well and I think that just because some dodgy performances for Celtic he was branded a bomb scare I just think that's kind of bullshit to be honest 
Do you know what, Harry? Right? Do you know what really pisses me off? Go for it. People say, <laughs> oh, oh, I, want my, I want my players to be brave on the ball. Then they are brave on the ball, and then they get slated. F.A. Ambrose was incredible. Absolute caviar. Yes. He would go past players like training cones, mate. The boy was incredible. So good. But because he made a couple of mistakes, he's a bad guy. And he wasn't he's even not a bad guy. Those mistakes weren't even for us, mate. That's the worst thing. Well, but people just branded him fucking all this, and I thought he was superb, to be honest. Risk for reward. I, I thought he was brilliant as well, man. That's the kind of guys you want to go and watch. Yeah. Somebody that's willing to take a risk. You you show me a hip split doesn't make a mistake. Never makes mistakes. As a defender, you'd probably get punished more, but I'd rather he was brave on the ball and try to play a bit than shy away and hide. And, well, guys, that, that wraps up all the player questions we've got today. Now we're moving on to manager topics. We've got someone here that I know are going to get a couple of your guys' backs up, so let's get fired straight into them. Uh, from Jake Gapper, he said, John Collins could have been a fantastic manager for us. Um, and then someone else followed that by saying, it's just a shame he had John Collins' personality. If John Collins wasn't who John Collins is as a person, I agree, he could have been great. His ideas and the way he went to play was all great from David Reynolds. So that's your two contexts around... Uh, John Collins, could he have been, or can he still be a great manager for Hibs? Oh, no, no. His management days are finished, like, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. He could have been. I do agree with the points, but I do agree with Ryan as well. I agree with everyone. Yeah. um, (laughs) He'll go back into management, (laughs) but I I think, look, he he didn't want players to go out all the time. He didn't want players to go drinking and he wanted them to be the best they could be and the fittest they could be. And he was branded a bad guy for it because he would he would show off where he was. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. He was trying to show them what they could achieve. Too, too many too many soft players in that team, I think. And the good too thing about John Collins as well. Go in the piss. John Collins would know exactly what Celtic players have for their breakfast, so we wouldn't even have to get the players to go and ask the players. <laughs> eh? Um so moving on to the next one with a picture of um, Sheffield United second in the league. Uh, Gary McKay, McKay sorry, said we should never have fired Hecke. Things would have turned around when Boyle came back and Deutsch started scoring. Um, is Hecke... uh, stop. Just stop. Move on. No, I'm, but... not, I'm not listening to that. Greg says <laughs> that was yeah. recently biased. Um, well, right, so... It's just shite. Like, it's absolute shite. He had the new manager bounce and he was clueless. He tried to do technical things in a league where maybe things aren't as technical. I don't think, I don't think the English Championship's at a greater standard, if I'm honest. I think it's hyped up because it's English football, but I don't think it's really much better than, than what we serve up. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then next, we've got three tweets back-to-back. Um, <clears throat> Ryan, I think you'll be the kindest on this one so we'll come to you first and then we'll let Michael and Greg uh, battle out who gets to speak second um, Jack Ross shouldn't have been sacked and should be brought back all whole games except Old Firm slash Hart should be £10 any ticket for the rest of the season from Elite Tigers, so essentially from that Ross shouldn't have been sacked and should have been and should be brought back um, and then Andrew McBee, friend of the pod, said Jack Ross shouldn't have been fired and then a sneaky wee gif of like a hmm smile um, and then Peter Sockold said I agree, should have got to the end of the season and seen where we stood then, it was a stupid time to sack him um, Thoughts on Jack Ross's sacking time and if he should be brought back Right, first of all, I'm not for bringing people back 
They got sacked for a reason. Eh? That's it. No more, no second chances. All right. Um, he maybe should have got the cup final because all we done was put somebody in interim charge. Although he was the voice in the dressing room that led us to that massive slump. Um, and I definitely want them sacked after I was dragging my arse to like Livingston midweek and we were serving up absolute tripe. Like, I would rather not see that ever again. So, uh, yeah, it was right to sack him. Of course it was. Maybe who we got in next wasn't he? It didn't quite justify the fact that we got rid of him to bring in somebody that was even more inexperienced. Um, but no, we had to. We had to get rid of him. It just wasn't working. Um, Michael, agree with that? Any any dis- disagreements? Oh, I agree. Uh, look what he's done since. Mm. There's your answer. Um, Greg, and I, I know you want to get him back why? just so scribble on the bedsheet again, but 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 why why are people so determined to bring these jokers back? Yeah, like he, he achieved nothing with Hibs. No third or whatever in a shite season when things were even there. Aye. Um, and even even during that season, we were absolutely grim at some points. I mean, uh, I'm not having it. I, I was at the Levy game, his final game, and wow, that was that was more than enough. And to be honest, he was on a shite run. Should have been sacked. Probably should have been sacked before that. Didn't deserve the cup final at all. So move on. Yeah. Um, it was after the Ross County game. I was so livid after that. That is, that is maybe the angriest I've been in an actual football stadium. I was fuming. Um, but moving on. Um, speaking of uh, someone that we got after him, uh, Mikey Love said we shouldn't have sacked Maloney. The January recruitment that was that horrendous. No one could have done any better. Um, I disagree with that. I, th- I think Maloney was um, appointed at the wrong time. I, I just don't think he came across as much of a leader. I think he came across as a nice guy. And uh, for the state that Hibs were in at that time, I just don't think he was the right appointment. And I, won't think at the moment he's ready for a job of a club as big as Hibs. Um, Michael, we go to you. Um, did you, do you see any merit in Maloney? It's a weird one because I could understand what he was trying to do, and I I could understand that it wasn't going to work as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'd have been good to have as a coach. But he's not. He's not your number one man. He's the he's the the uh, the face of the management squad. So when things go to shit, he's he's not the person you're wanting to be fronting up for it or to be going through the players for it. You need somebody a bit more has a bit more of a fear about them. And to be honest, I don't think MDs would scare the shot on and you need a fear factor if you're going to be a successful manager or leader, I think. But I I don't dislike him. I wasn't I I, I was even one of these people that was wanting to get rid of him. I just thought we had to get rid of him. Yeah. If that makes sense. That, I, I agree with that. And Ryan Greg, want to chime in or do you think that's that valid? I know that what Michael's saying is absolutely right. He had big ideas, maybe at the wrong club, wrong infrastructure, but the board didn't really cover themselves in any glory sacking him after such a short space of time. Um, understand it probably had to be done, but I mean, what did he get like 13 games? It just shows that the the recruitment of the manager they got it totally wrong. If if you're hiring somebody and then sacking them again, 
after so little time, you've got to hold your hands up and admit like we got that totally wrong. Not the best That's on them. And speaking of not great looks, um, well, FFS Hibs said Pat Fenland would have kept us up. I remember being very disgruntled that season. Um, and yeah, but thoughts on Pat Fenland keeping Hibs up? It's getting really bad now when we went to Pat Fenland days. Huh? The, 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 the Twitter name sums up. The first three <laughs> letters of that name sum up my reaction <laughs> to that statement. Yeah, Pat Fenland, um, as nice as he was, was never the answer. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on from that. And that, that was our last manager question. So next, uh, we've got quite a bulky section here. We've got it on fan culture. Um, so these sure. were kind of um, comments that people sent in about the way that fans act at games, and we can just kind of dive into them. Um, just for the sake of time, we'll go through, we'll get one each, and if anybody wants to chime in on another one, then feel free. So Ryan, we'll come to you first. Um, there is sure. a toxic culture somewhere within our club that stifles opportunities to flourish or achieve success. I don't know what it is, though, whether it's personal structure, expectation, fans, who knows. Until we find it and fix it, we will continue to underachieve, from Mel Clements. Um is, is there substance to that? Do you think that there is some form of toxic culture that's prohibiting, prohibiting the club? It's quite, it's quite a broad, that's quite a broad question. Um, obviously, if you're talking about the club as a whole, that's that's quite a, a big number of people. And um, obviously, the culture within that big group of people would be different in, in certain areas. But it's quite a hard one to answer because sometimes I feel as though there is a bit of a mediocre mentality within the squad sometimes. And uh, they're happy enough just to bob along and, you know, finish top six and they'll be happy. Uh, I don't know if toxic's necessarily the right word, but toxic would suggest to me that there's a lot of bust-ups and a lot of fallouts. But there's certainly something that makes me think we are quite happy just to accept the status quo. I think that's a valid answer. I think that's a valid answer. Um, and next from Ian T, he said, abusing our own players is not supporting the team. Um, I think that's a fair point. I think that we've all at some point in our life probably abused a player where we know we probably shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, not fully valid. I think that Hibs fans, um, especially due to some of the performances we've seen over the last few seasons, have probably been a bit guilty of that. Um, but next, Michael, come to you first. Um, Stephen McKenzie said, we have far too many people in our support with a soft spot for Celtic. Thoughts on that? Is that accurate? Uh, I can understand. Yeah, I would say that's pretty true. Yeah, um, I just I would rather I'd I would prefer to have have I've had him ask me the question so I could say, "Well, what do you mean?" But because <clears throat> he's not, yeah. I think I think a lot of the songs that we've now got are basically rip offs, Celtic chants. Like the same tunes and all, I think that's a a bit sort of questionable. Um, although when when we play Celtic, I wouldn't say that was. I don't yeah. think there's going to be the people that are going to start celebrating the Celtic score or that. I, I don't know. I think a lot of it comes from social media, Twitter, and that. It's it sort of magnifies the problem, and it's sort of and a lot of it is sort of just immaturity and just try to get bites off people and all that's the sort of world we now live in so I think there's definitely an element of that um, there are Pips fans that say they hate Rangers more than Hearts something I'll never understand um, and that's from all generations by the way that's from people in their 70s saying that as well so it's not just a new thing um, 
I don't know if it's a soft spot is the right thing. I just think that they sort of use them as a as a, a ploy to, to wind other folk up, is what I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um one one thing from my perspective is I absolutely love old firm games and I always lean on the side of Celtic. That's not because I prefer Celtic well, obviously I prefer Celtic to Rangers, but like I don't have a soft spot for them. But even when it comes to Europe and stuff, like if Rangers fail in Europe, it's funny. If Celtic fail in Europe, it's oh shit, coefficient. So I I don't think it's a soft spot, but it's less hatred for them than I do for other clubs. And I don't know if people want us to put Celtic in that same bracket, but personally I don't. So Stephen, if that counts as a soft spot, I'm sorry for letting you down. Um, and then I'm, I'm aware you guys also want to talk about it, but we've got a lot to get through. Um, but Greg, come to you next from Logan Simpson. What a legend. Um, he said, Irish heritage should be more celebrated and we should have more tricolours at games. What's your thought on that? Um, Difficult one. I think an Irish heritage should be celebrated more, if I'm honest. I feel like the club have tried to take a, a proper step back from it. Um possibly because they're worried about assuming too much like Celtic, who are a tribute act. Um but I think I think we should be celebrating it more if I'm honest. I just like the club have clearly stepped away from it. They don't want anything really to do with it. In terms of more tricolours, I don't really know if that's celebrating the heritage, but um, I think there's, there's tricolours at the games anyway, but I think celebrating your Irish heritage could be could be done in better ways than just bringing tricolours to the game. Yeah. Um, and to yourself, Ryan, um, our, one of our favourites, Fats Prickett, said, it is mental that the stadium is not full every game when the Cup Parade of 2016 showed just how big a support we have. Should the support, we should support the team no matter what, not just turn up when we are doing all right. Um, also, as a side note, he said, Lewis Stevenson is far better footballer than anyone who hates him. Um, fully agree on that. But in terms of we should have a sold-out stadium every week, um, I think the financially and whether I never see is a good excuse, I fully agree personally. I think that it's pathetic that we don't get at least fifteen to seventeen thousand on a weekly basis. Even if the numbers say that, it's never more than I would say probably eleven to thirteen thousand. Ryan, mm. I've asked you a question. I've done a you and I've started answering it myself. What's your opinion on that? I I never I have never understood how that stadium's not full every week, given the as you say the amount of people that turned out for the cup parade, population of the city accessibility when it comes to public transport, although ScotRail are being dicks right now. Um, and just just the fact that, I mean, there's loads of initiatives in place for, you know, the Friday night football, cheaper tickets. And if it takes that to fill the stadium, then so be it. I don't care about paying full price for my season ticket and other people getting in cheaper. I'm not one of those guys. Do what it takes to fill the stadium. Better, better the atmosphere reflects onto the pitch. And the better the team will, hopefully, the better the team will be in return for us. You know, uh, they, these kind of guys want to play in front of big crowds and almost make it partisan for the opposition. I think uh, it plays into your advantage. Um, it makes it makes the home kind of the home venue a bit of a fortress if you can use it to your your advantage. Neil Lennon done it quite well during his time. Uh, I think he had one of the highest uh, average attendances, didn't he, when he was there? But, was it not about eighteen thousand or something like that? Uh, that that heart so, attack Hibs period towards the end of that season was absolutely mental. Yeah, I I think Hibs should be doing what it takes to sell at the stadium week in week out. Yeah, 
Um, and next, we're going to move on. Liam Blues for Mike. Michael, this one's for you. People have agendas against certain players and ignore every other player in the park when we play poor. They watch with blinkers on, waiting for players to make mistakes so they can have a constant dig at them on social media. Do you think that's true? Do people kind of get their agendas set and then just attack players? Absolutely. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Well, Ryan mentioned earlier about uh, Hanlon and Stevenson. Is like they, they do they, as if they come as a pair. I mean, people would... If Hanlon made a mistake and Stevenson was the only part, folks would say Hanlon and Stevenson need to get out of the club, even though Stevenson's done nothing wrong. People... It's not even a social media thing. It's even at Easter Road, there's guys when, like within earshot of me, as soon as somebody makes a mistake, it's... Fuck's sake. Like, all the time. Uh, like, some, like... Some people are only good enough, right? And... I'll be the first to admit that I have viewed my aired my thoughts on players that I don't think are good enough, but I want them to do well. Of course I do. It's just do I think that do I think that I want players to make a mistake to make me seem right? No. I don't. Um and I don't know I think social media again, for the reasons I said earlier. It, it probably makes it worse because it magnifies it and people can tweet straight away people don't even speak out loud like it's different having a voice and shouting but if you're tweeting constantly you could be somebody that doesn't even talk but you've still got the, the ability to voice an opinion that's negative or that's non-constructive I would say that would be my, my long answer to that question we, well we like long answers we're on our podcast for a reason mate Um, and then Greg we'll come to you I'm going to loop a bunch of these together um, because I think they're all relatively similar to an extent Um, so we got from Chrissy Barry he said we are absolutely shite and inconsistent and yet our fans demand third place etc every season based on some high standard that's made up in their heads Uh, JPJ White said the fans have brought this on themselves by having unrealistic expectations they don't give managers enough time Um, FM Edinburgh said Hibs fans expect to too much success and would rather get shot of a manager than have a long-term plan in place. Also, the fans who want Lennon back are just attention seekers. Um, and then what was the last one? Um, look, Ewan Boyle said Hibs support are far too accepting of mediocrity. And Ryan at Specky See You Next Tuesday said sentimentality is ranked higher than merit and competitive standards for far too effing long. Aware I gave you a lot to deal with there, but essentially Hibs, one, are a bit too sentimental, two, have massively high expectations despite the fact there's not really too much in recent years to base that off. Um what what do you think of them? Those tweets there that I just threw at you. Um was it you and Boyle that said they accept mediocrity? Correct, yeah. Yeah, he's spot on. Um the others I'm not I'm not sure about. We we just meant to be happy with top six. Is that is that what we're meant to accept now? Because well, we can't set set it too high. For me we should be we should be demanding third as as a, as a given. To be honest, I think that this football club for for too long has been mediocre, accepting of defeat, glorious defeat, whatever you want to call it. I think that the fans expecting third place. I don't think that's pie in the sky. To be honest, no, I think that. We are to accept the mediocrity, and for me, it's clear to see 
you know, people, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You can't sack managers if they're not good enough. You know, let's give them time. But then, with that, just pick up, just comes mediocrity because you're only sticking with them for the sake of it. No, no, I wouldn't. I think that the football club needs a needs a bit of a culture change. If I'm honest, um, yeah, we really need to be pushing on for for looking for a third every season. I mean, folks folk like Joe Savage when he came out and said that. What be splitting the old farm? He's not wrong for saying that though. Why shouldn't like, why should why shouldn't that be the aim to go and split the old farm? Nothing wrong with that. But people think, oh, you can't touch the top two, mm, third. Mm, I don't know. Top six will do it. No, not not for me, thanks. The thing is, for me, I, my my expectation isn't to finish third every year. It's to compete for third and at least be in the race. I think there's far too many seasons where we're not there. Like if like the season we finished with Lennon, as we mentioned earlier, I think did we end up finishing fifth that year or fourth? Mm-hmm. Um fifth. Fifth. For me, like we put enough into that season, I wasn't disappointed with finishing fifth. Mm-hmm. Whereas like and we were very close to being like pushing second that year, um, because of how bad Rangers were. Um but yeah, yeah, no, fully, fully agree, Greg. Who, um, I think who, we, who said that people who want Lennon back are attention seekers? Um FM Edinburgh. I think I think a lot of people can resonate with that side. I think a lot, I think a lot of people really appreciated that side and the way that we played and the way that the manager was. I don't think the attention seekers. I think just looking for for something like that again. I don't think it's a bad thing. Maybe not Lennon, but why do you not want your team running running the ground for you and a manager that's passionate like that? Why would you not want that? Um, and then one tweet I forgot to lump in with that Michael Gallagher said the manager's job is a poison chalice a prime Sir Alex Ferguson would fail as a hips manager um, that's, just, that's just lies I, I think, I think absolute that's a lies. Bit, bit, bit intense that um, but Ryan we'll come to you next on this one um, again not, not a particularly happy one in terms of the fan culture these days um, but uh, Kyle Patterson said we have a lot of pricks in our support I've never had problems with fans of other clubs and only had altercations with other hips fans and then he said and then Lofty Walker said the fans are the worst part of supporting hips. Um, do you think that the fans are that bad, or do you think these two are just kind of negative Nancys on this occasion? If I speak, I am in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose you've you've had a few. But the thing is, for me, like no, there's, 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 the, the thing is, you could say, well, if you got them with fans of other clubs, then you know the rest. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to say it because I don't want to upset anybody. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it sounds like people are a bit snowflakey. Um, I don't know, but there's pricks in every support, though, mate. Listen, if you take twenty thousand people from anywhere in Scotland, you're going to get pricks. It's just a percentage thing. Just get over it, man. Do you know? Do you know what? Though, right? At the end of the day, that just just because you support Hibs doesn't mean you can't be a prick. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like I'm a prick. I support Hibs. Uh, you're, you're a prick, then, correct? Um, I'm the prick, like, prick. I, I just don't what get I mean. it. Like, uh, uh, you go to the football, you're not going to agree with everyone, are you? So you're going to think, oh, you're a bit of a prick. <laughs> Come on, this is grow up. Guys, that's my We're here for you, though, mate. We're here for you. We're here oh, for you. Do me a favour. All right, we're the nearly over this point. section. One more in the fan culture section, and we're moving on. Don't worry, uh, Michael. We'll come to you for this one. Um, I oh, I didn't put the name down. I'm sorry whoever said this. Hibs today is strewn, are strewn with confidence players that with a bit more patience and understanding would have flourish, flourished even more. And 
The two examples they gave were David Witherspoon and Colin Nash. If Hibs had more patience, could we have seen some top quality players out of those two? Colin Nash. Right. Jesus. Right. Okay. For the benefit of the audio listeners, I have turned over my chair from a sideways <laughs> angle to full on frontal. You're doing right. FIFA expert mode. <laughs> <laughs> so, David Wallerspoon, um, I didn't mind him when he was at Hibs. I thought he was somebody that tried. He gave it all. He was. He wasn't world class, but he wasn't by any means the worst player in the pitch for us. Um, I think that where we were at the time, he was not where we wanted to be. Um, I think that he's very comfortable at St Johnston. I think he's. It's a it's a football club and a, and a team of playing that suits him uh, personally. Uh, I don't think that he's uh, somebody that we should be looking to pursue back to Easter Road. Um, Colin Nish, I don't know if this is recency bias because he was somehow uh, brought in for a, a, a Legends game, but I think <laughs> as that list went on, it was sort of just people that they could get to say aye. Um, I think also that list was reminded me of uh, pointless answers that you would have for any question related to Hibs, just all the ones that could have been pointless. Um, <laughs> Colin Nish is not somebody that should have been at Hibs any longer than what he was, and that is my thoughts on that. Thank you, Michael, for staying reserved because we can see that there's a, a beast uh, waiting to be released on that <laughs> question. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we're moving on to our third topic, which is club. Wait, no, sorry. Um, our f- fourth topic, and um, which is any random things about clubs that you guys say to tweet us. So we're going to start about the kits. So essentially, for this one, all of you are going to say agree or disagree, and then we're just going to move on to the next question. We'll make it quick fire round. Um, so Jeff Ashton said the cabbage kit is a wee bit shite. Disagree. Disagree. Unfortunately. I'm going to say he's miles off. That's not the rules, Michael. It's agree or disagree, I'm going to agree with him. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm sorry, Greg, for this. Purely in the interests of uh, fairness. Noising me up. Balance. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Loyal Henderson said, our last two home strips have been a bit shit. Home home kits are always shit. So, but the away ones, that's that's where you really want a good one. Home ones are just staples. Ryan, agree or disagree? I disagree. I think they've been different to the norm. Like they've tried, they've tried something different with both steps. And speaking and of the which, map Edinburgh and and obviously integrating the the design of the stadium and it, they've been different, man. And speaking of which, Kaiser Sozzi said maps slash stadiums have no place on kits. It's twenty twenty two, man. I would disagree with that. I think it's important to have something that um, shows what you're trying to... Because it's a, a product that you're trying to sell people as well, not just a, a football kit. Uh, I thought it was a case, just wear one strip with a tricolour on it. <laughs> it probably would, by the way. Is it, is, if you can get away with it, you'd have a Donegal strip, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm badge on it. <laughs> 
All right, and then oh. Billy King of the North, he said, bottle green is a nicer home top colour than emerald green. Lies. Just straight up lies. More than that, myself. No. Nah. Oh, emerald right. green all the way. Emerald, emerald aisle, emerald green. All right, I'm, I'm, guys, I've found Michael's burner account. Uh, Paul Morton said, uh, the home <laughs> kits are normally shite and boring. Away is always better. Would agree. Me and, Mr. Me and Mr. Morton obviously agree, even though that is not <laughs> my burner account. That is definitely more. Yeah, I thought, I thought you you've never been off. There's only one Morton I knew prior to that question, and that's Greenock Morton. Good guy, Greenock Morton. Um, and then, we're, you know what, we'll, we'll stick We'll stick with a true or false for the next few, just to get through a few. Um, that playing, Scott Jr. said, playing the hips way is a myth. Agree or disagree? Well, depends what way the manager wants to play. It's like Hibs class, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah. something old guys see on Hibs forums. <laughs> it's uh, it's proper Hibs da Facebook stuff. That uh, is it. Aye, playing. I agree. Playing the Hibs way. What what is the Hibs way? Except in mediocrity. Um. All right, moving on. Um, Neil Whelan said the hot water in the upper west toilets is too hot. Well, there's hot water in the upper west toilets. <laughs> he then followed it up by saying he was joking because there's no hot water in the whole fucking stadium. Eh? Um, yeah, that's nah, it's, it's a joke. Wrong. It's a joke. Agree. Agree. Um, fully agree. The, I, I think one that we're all going to fully and 100% agree on. David Burney said tremendous recruitment department. Aye. Revered all around the world. <laughs> Anyone else? Gambia. Uh, manager. <laughs> manager <laughs> takes the blame as well. Ah, he's the a collective. Uh, the, the recruitment team of the scapegoat. Ultimately. Manager's got, got a lot of dance off it as well. It's the sum of all parts, eh? It's the sum of all parts. Yeah. It's the collective. Um, you say it's yes or no, so it's, it's not fully on name. So, in the middle. Um, and then we've got another one from Mel Clements. We've got two in a row, actually, so we'll look them together. Um, Hibs should provide opportunity for fan ownership to make the club more accountable. Maybe we'll stop going through managers and transfers like Toilet Roll. And then follow up by saying, all we ever hear from Hibs via media channels is good news. Everything is so rosy, but it isn't, is it? Uh, we aren't a transparent club with fans. Um, with the fans, should I say. <laughs> um, is that true? Would, would fan ownership help with the kind of manager cycle that we're going through and transparency with the club or do you think that's kind of wishful thinking open to it the floor it would be like hell in a cell at board meetings mate <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine nobody oh, agrees with each other like, anyway so let's well. get all the folk that don't agree with each other in the one room making decisions for the club perfect yeah. sounds good to me and since we're a support full of pricks then obviously <laughs> <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster isn't it <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute we're, we're, we're a support full of pricks and xenophobes, man. <laughs> well, well, we could get other supporters in as well to own us and then might get along better. Oh, no. <laughs> in, oh, all no. in all seriousness, I would agree with the... Um, I would agree with the, the second part about the fan... Uh, the, the hips media. Uh, hips TV. It's... It's like... I don't know, it's like a shrine or something. It's like a cult. It's actually like a cult. Um... You can't say anything bad, or they'll never post anything. Even though we're, we're actually not very good, it'll always be something trying to be. It's just 
they're living in a different world, I think. Do you know what times um, I miss? I miss when we're absolutely shy getting pumped every week, but murder mystery tickets were on sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. They were, oh. they were the days, man. Superb. Hey. All right, well, next up, Neil Wheeler, Neil Whelan said, Graham Donald was ruined by positional change. Um, Graham, Graham Donald, anyone? Anyone? No idea. No, well, Neil, you know what? We agree with you. Thank you. Um, Ewan McAleese. Uh, said we really we are really quite pish. Um, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be controversial or unpopular, but at the moment I think we all agree. Is is that is that a fair fair comment? Yep. 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 Yes. Um, I think he's then... been kinder actually. Uh, <laughs> um, Kaiser Sozzi, not Kaiser Sozzi, Kaiser Sozzi said Hibbs ninety four ninety five season was our best forward line post famous five. Right, Jackson McAllister. I was born in '92, man, so I can't comment on that. Uh, you get uh, what? I was I was born in '94, so I don't know. you were born in a great year for striker, Greg. Well, and... someone as someone that was born in 1996, um, I don't actually remember it. So, uh, and as a person who was born in '98, just so you've got all our years of birth there, um, I also have no clue. Um, Jack Taylor said the block seven drum is a relentless din. Get shot of it. The east stand should have been built with two tiers. Ron Gordon still gives me the fear. And um, that's three comments that we can kind of dissect there. Um, the drum, yes, no. I think that the guy's a bit annoying when he does his drum solos for no reason at all. Does kind of piss me off. I'm not gonna lie. He sits wow. quite close to you, Harry. Is that right? Mm. Ah, he does. Uh, I'm not too Aye. far. Sorry, Michael. You go. No, I was just gonna say I kind of really hear it from where I sit. Ah, so fair. An issue. Um, the East Stand looks. I think it would. I don't know if it could be tiered now, but yeah. I think it should have been tiered because it's when the times that I've shot in that stand, it's 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 steep. Aye, I like Jesus. it, but the thing Aye. is, for me, like you're missing it on a hospitality trick there, eh? Because you can just put things inside Aye. a stand if it's two tiered, but you can't do that with a single stand, or a single tiered mm. stand. Should have kept the Harry, you look like um, Brennan for Step Brothers, so you've probably the best to talk about drum sets and that. Greg's been holding that for about five minutes and just waiting I, I, to see actually, when he can throw it in there. Thank understand. you, Greg. I don't understand why we need a two-tier. I, I don't mind the way it is, to be honest. Because you don't Maybe that cost when they were building it. Right, because I, I sit in the West Stand with my granddad <laughs> and we have a great time. All right, well, anybody want to comment on Rob Gordon gives him the fear? Or are we, are we all kind of... How has we has there been point? an incident there? or? or no, no, I, th- I think we, just in general. Was just, there any just... context to that? No, no, just wrong word and still gives me the fear. Behaving. Aye. Uh, I mean, I don't really... Oh, God. Does he give you this? I don't know. Like, you know when you wake up, like, hungover on a Sunday and you've got the fear? Like, that feeling, ugh. That's, I wouldn't say he gives me that feeling, to be honest. Good. No. Unless I've seen him on a Saturday night, then I'd not have that feeling on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> And all the right. shack. <laughs> um, <laughs> the shack. All right, we're going to go through a few more solo questions just to get through, through a few. Ryan, we'll come at you first. Um, High B Hibernian is a banger of a song and should be the song that plays as players come out from Blue Brazilian Toffee. Mm, what is it just now? That transporting tune? Um, is that what, th- is that what comes so. on when they come out? I. Uh, I don't know, it doesn't really make much difference to me what songs are like. Uh, it, it is a banger, though, especially when your man's getting it out to the Hearts fans. Eh? 
Uh, I play it. Cool, go for it. Yep, fair enough. Thank you, Blue Brazilian Puffy. And Just on that, has ever watched Sunderland Till I Die? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's choosing the song. Just get a Dazio yeah. first things on, mate. <laughs> yes, though. And I don't know if any of you guys have been in the hospitality bars, but Andrew Welsh says the refurbed Albion bar looks cheap. Is that, is that a fair comment? I, I can't I've afford to get in there, man. He's calling it cheap and I can't afford to get in there. Jesus, I've been at it. Um, I it, it looks all right. I would pay the money though. Um, but does it look cheap? I don't know. It, 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 I don't think I think it's open, but I don't think it's done. That makes sense. Mm. I think there's still mm. work to be done. Um, like on the pitch, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No, I don't know. I've I need to go on again to. Finalise that opinion. I just wanted to make sure the guy got his question answered. Yes, thank you, Michael. So it might look cheap, but it doesn't look cheap. It looks undone. That's that's the answer. Um, all right. So anybody can answer this. To one. be fair, oh. I mean, I know that he goes on about the bars, but to be fair, I don't know if anyone else can get in there when McBee's man marking players as they come in. The more <laughs> 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 man marking done in there than there is in the pitch. <laughs> oh, belter. McBee, we do love you. Don't worry, it's all out of love. Um, but Ron Gordon not bidding for Haaland or Mbappe shows a real lack of ambition from D Harper eight to eight. Um, sure. Well, Kinda we should actually go up to Mbappe though. Expect him to win knock-ons. Oh God, Christ! Uh, we'd feel bad for me. We'd start asking questions on these things like, does does Mbappe deserve better? Um, so I maybe we shouldn't have bidded for them because it'd be a shame. Right, I reckon you'll like this question, G. Ray Forsyth said. We have no fight whatsoever and suspect we'll be like this for years. Is is that fair? Well, there's only one man to say it was. Roy Keane. Yes! Um, all right, before Greg implodes with a joy. Um, to, be honest, to be honest, Lee Johnson will probably be almost fighting. Aye. He's just almost everything, isn't he? Almost five foot. <laughs> Almost right. tall in a garden gnome. Right, um, this one I'm going to take myself because I think it's a bit silly. Um, KWHITMD said finishing 10th is only marginally worse than finishing 4th. Um, if you finish 4th, you get Europe. If you finish 10th, you've just narrowly avoided relegation. Um, not really sure what you're getting at there. This isn't the Premier League where you've got 20 teams and half of them are irrelevant. Um, this is a team in which you've only got about four teams that are relevant. So that's a silly comment and we're not going to talk about that any further. Sorry if that was offensive. Um, Ryan, we'll come to you. Elski Fatboy Slim said we can still finish third this season. Thoughts? We can. We can still finish third if we put some decent form together. Um, and I'm saying that because all the other teams in the Bears are still dropping points and they're still likely to drop points throughout the season. I think the team that's the most consistent from when the World Cup finishes to the end of the season is probably the team that will finish third. You know. Yeah. Just consistent. They can still lose games and draw games, but they just need to be consistent over a long period of time, picking up decent average points. And, Michael, on the polar opposite to that, um, Chris Finn said, relegated either this season or next. Hope not. Um, (laughs) Well, the form that we've showed the last sort of six, seven games or whatever, that's relegation form. Um, do I think it'll continue? I'm 
bloody hope no. Um, but yeah, it's weird though because we are we're as close to being relegation candidates as we are to being the other end of the table. It's because it's such a tight league and because everyone just beats everyone. So you go on a bad run of form. Curtains. Could be done there. Could be down there. But let's hope not. Chris, I love your tweets, but that, that was not one I loved. That was one that filled me with fear. So let's move on before we get even more scared. Um, <clears throat> FFS Hibs um, had three tweets in a row, and they said, we are an average mid-table club who exceed that once or twice a decade. Our fan base is shite. We were averaging between 8 to 10k for years before the Cup won in 2016 and are slowly getting back to that. We aren't very good and never really have been bar the odd decent season. Nothing is going to change ever. Um that was That's a positive outlook. Must be, must be was... fun at parties, like that was very negative. Um I think sometimes we get a bad rap for being negative, but come on, um well, I hope that Hibs prove you and us wrong and they turn out to be very successful for the next upcoming years and we can all look back on this moment and laugh and hope that you were wrong. But thank you for sending in those points. Um, but you, see, I'm saying people sent in the points. They didn't really. I'm just, I, I put something out there to try and get interactions and it did and now we're taking advantage of that. Um, but we're on to our final section, guys. Some of these are very random. Some of them are loosely Hibs related. Let's get into it. Um, ENT said the internet was infinitely better when people used to use their own names and trolls and wind-up merchants were either weren't born or were taken down a few pegs in the pub, and everything in the haze was forgotten in the morning. But from E and T, um, that strikes me very much like had a heavy Friday night. Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that um, debacle between Lewis and the Hearts fan a few months back. Um, uh... The the language there kind of reminds me of that it's a bit much like, yeah, if you say something online, you better back it up. Like, come on, mm. come on now. Um... Yeah, it was, screams very much. Don't make them what you used to. Uh, and time, times change and things move on. Evolution, they call that. Evolution. Um, yeah, well, thank you for that, Ian. Um, and then uh, one I think I've actually got a repeat in here. Maybe someone's different that said it, but Tony Swanson said, tremendous recruitment department. Um, I think we answered that. Thank you. Um, Expelligated said, a couple dozen teens calling themselves ultras is embarrassing behaviour. I think that's more of a slight against Aberdeen than it is Hibs. But what's your guys' opinions of that, of like young fans calling themselves ultras? I think they're just... Um, I think they put a lot of pressure on themselves when they don't need to. Mm. I, think having, I think having sections, a, uh, a section of the support designed specifically to create an atmosphere and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's good. But And to be honest, with Block, Block seven, they've they got off there a bad start. Let's put it that way. They, they they sort of alienated themselves against the most of the support. But in fairness to them, I think as a lot of what I said, I think a lot of it is they are just young boys. It's just immaturity a lot at the beginning. Uh, probably a bit foolish, but they've they've grown up. I think. Um, so, uh, feelings that I had before that they were. Pain in the ass and just magnets for trouble. That no, 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 they are what they are. Don't have a anything negative, but I think just just people calling themselves ultras. You're just you're just opening yourself up to to folk ripping the push at you. That's my 
two pence on the subject matter. Ryan Greg, that's, all that needs, that's all that needs to be said for me. Would agree. Well done, Michael. Good point. Well made again. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent I know. Stuff. Excellent stuff. My one, my one appearance a year. One thing I will say is slightly different topic, but I hate it when you get like kids that are just having a good time and having a sing song with their mates, and people like slag them off. I, th- I think it's a really nice thing when kids go to games and have like tr- try and create atmosphere, even if it is like a non-league game and you've got ten kids with a drum just singing songs. Um, I think it should be encouraged. Maybe ultras is a bit cringing, as you say, a bit much pressure, but I think we should be encouraging kids to make atmosphere at games as much as possible because I look back fondly at those days of being a dafty and enjoying myself, and yeah, I thought it was great times. But yes, Michael, as he said, good point, well made. Um, one final one from Mel Clements. Um, she said, Scottish football is only shite because of the booze ban. Holy man, I'd be absolutely manic if there was booze like... <laughs> It would be crazy. It would be absolute pandemonium if there was booze involved in the stands. Like, Jesus. But then, it, but then again, see, in England, though, you you can have a drink, but it's in the concourse. Aye, mm. that's right. Aye. So, that's right. no, and it is an argument I make all the time, and it's because I do like a drink. Um, so, uh, but I think that when you make games at half twelve to to stop folk from getting bevied. You just go and make them drink more in a shorter period mm-hmm. of time. It's completely yeah. counterproductive. It's like when you go to a, a function or whatever and there's a free bar. Like the, the theory <laughs> of having a free bar is that you're going to take the piss because you can just get as much as you want. But you didn't do that. You just you have a couple and then it's like a sort of I don't know. I don't know the psychology of it, but I don't know. It just I think the fact that you can't drink for two hours during the game makes you want to because you need to Prevent the oncoming hangover that comes at half time. Oh, that's horrible, eh? So, yeah, that's my, uh, again, my <laughs> two pence on the subject matter. See, when um, they make games half 12, it just encourages folk to get up earlier and get on the bevy earlier, and then they'll go after it as well. So, ah, yeah, it's kind of productive much. in that sense, like yep. 100%. I think I've told this story before on the pod, but it's one of my favourites, so I'll tell it again. Um, when the Scottish Cup, I think it was the final actually against Celtic. Um, because was that one an early kickoff, or was it maybe the Hearts game? No, I think oh. it was the Hearts. The Hearts, Hearts game was an early kickoff, and then uh, me and my sister stayed at my grand's, and then um, got through to the uh, what you got kitchen, and my sister's sitting having breakfast, and she's sitting there with what you got chocolate shredded. She's like, "Oh, nut, these are minging." It's about maybe eight o'clock, quarter past eight. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, and she's like. <laughs> I tried to put Baileys instead of milk in the shreddies because oh. I wanted to get drunk. I was like, oh no, oh no. And I tasted it and it did not taste good. Like, I was like, that's a fucking shan choice. And so, yeah, we just proceeded to drink the Baileys instead. But yeah, Baileys on a match day was not a good idea. I would not recommend. Um, I think Baileys is a good idea. Any day to be That's honest. a Christmas thing, Harry. <laughs> it that's is, a it is. Thing, man. It is, but my sister likes drinking it, so I thought I'll have a drink with you. But guys, we've only got three more. Don't worry, I'm sure you are all sick of my voice by now. But Lionel Gibbs said the difference between third and eighth in the league can be as little as three points. We get carried away when third and throw our toys at the pram when eighth. Do we get a bit too reactionary in the moment? Should should we try and always look at things as a whole, or is it fair enough to live in the moment? Well, that that implies that you're going to be thinking rationally, and football fans do not think <laughs> rationally. So, but I do agree with the point. It's true. Um, yeah. 
it's an emotive thing though isn't it football yeah. it's, it's all emotionally charged and it is in the heat of the moment you lose the game you're not going to go away thinking aye but maybe in two weeks time we'll take three points there and we'll be alright nah you think that was fucking shite <laughs> what we're playing at do you know what I mean it's emotionally charged you you think with your, your heart not your head eh? so rational thinking in, in football didn't match up together they don't coexist Sounds too. <laughs> and then we've got two more. Second final one from the Hibs are here. I'd rather we were in a British Isles league, sick of the four times against Motherwell, Kelly, etc. every season after 36 years. Let's have Millwall away instead. What's what's your thoughts? My opinion, I think a league would suck, but I think nobody really cares about the League Cup too much. I think having like uh Scottish, English, Wales, then if you want to get either either North of Ireland or um Ireland involved, then you can. Um, and I think a big massive stromash because how much more fun would it be going to like Accrington Stanley away than like going to I don't know like FC Edinburgh? A version of that already exists with the Welsh teams, Northern Irish teams, and other league Scottish teams. Aye, true, but get everybody involved. No, 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 I know, I know. I'd love. Can you imagine how long the draw for that would take? <laughs> I'd love a mad away uh, Shamrock Rovers or something like that. Oh, class. Yeah, you want Linfield away. Absolutely destroy them, man. It's a lovely thought in theory, but if you think our fans are pricks going to Fur Park, <laughs> imagine what they'd be like <laughs> eight hours on a, on a bus going to <laughs> Yeovil or something. Oh. Or how bad they would be on the ferry. Uh, Even bigger. Are they lobbing folk off the side, man? <laughs> you're a prick. You're a prick. <laughs> and you're a prick. <laughs> and you know those like terrible players that we laugh at because they used to play for us, and now they play for like uh, TNS. And then they'd go and score like a hat trick against us and knock us at the whatever the name of the cup is. Oh no! Actually, I'm sorry, we're aborting that idea. Um, oh, guys, I've 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 done a dud. I've I've got us a really negative one to end on. Just want to end on a negative one. I should I make one up? No, I'll go in the negative. No, nah, end of the negative oh, one okay. because it sums it um, right up. Harvey Manfred's Sunson said, the proclaimers are utter shite and Irvin Welsh is an utter see you next Tuesday. See what I mean by that? That's pretty negative, that. And I disagree. I, I love the proclaimers. It's going to be that negative. Aye, I'll, I'll think... You, you guys, you guys discuss that and I'll think of something positive to end it on. I, don't know I mean, I don't know who that guy is, but... I don't know there's anything that can be said. To be honest. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think our silence is speaking volumes there. Aye. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to take that in. Urban Welsh is an absolute fucking legend in the in the writing world and the proclaimers. The proclaimers, man. What can you say? Class man. Absolute tuna. All right, there you go. Apart from Sunshine on apart from the obvious ones, there's maybe like three or four obvious ones. What's your favourite proclaimer song? End it on that. Well, what's the over and done with? Well, three, three, yeah, good song. Um, I'd say the three or four obvious is Sunshine on Leith, 500 Miles. Um, there's another one that's obvious that I've forgotten off the top of my head. America, I will put that in there and then Joyful Commander. Any song that includes the word hips in it, I'm on my way would be my favorite. No, that that was the obvious one I couldn't think of. Sorry, sorry, that was the obvious one. Yeah, to be honest, Life with You is probably my favorite one. It's a nice one. Do you know there's a touch? Yeah, mm. like I love one. that song. Very nice song. Mine's just over and done with because it's a bit, it's a bit nooky. 
also about this podcast, I think, once, because that was the final. Oh, a segue. Well, and Michael. <laughs> um, but, guys, um, who on the pod, Ryan, Michael, Greg, thank you so much for joining me. Um, people listening at home, this was something very different. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Um, hope you guys enjoyed getting your hearing your tweets being read out and dissected by the boys. Um, we're hoping to be back next week. Um, and yeah, apart from that, thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Monkey okay. cabbage. Goodbye. <laughs>